We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. It's good to be together. Good to sing together. And before we sit, uh, let's pray together. There's a special thing that occurs when the people of God uh, come together and pray and sing uh, the spirit of uh, is amongst us. God promises that he'll be with us. And uh, uh, I can just tell, even singing some of these songs, especially uh, Christ is Mine, that, that one line, I know my pain will not be wasted. I'm his uh, forevermore. Um, just by hearing your affirmations, um, I can tell that some of you are going through pain. And so uh, let's pause and um and thank the Lord for our pain. Um, thank the Lord for how he's working and ask him uh, to, to meet us in it this morning. Would you bow your head with me and I'll, I'll, um, I'll pray after a few short moments. Christ completes his work in us. He doesn't leave us hanging. He hasn't left us alone. That he has a great plan for our lives. And we praise your son for that. And we praise you, Father, for your knowledge of us, how you knit us together in our mother's womb. And if you did that, surely you know you know the intimate details of our lives. We praise you this morning because you are thrice holy. You're perfect in love and in purity. Help us to remember that, to cling to those truths this week as we are tethered to Jesus and hold fast to your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated at this time. Kids, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful time. Joe, thank you for leading us in worship, brother. Josh and Miranda, 
Hendricks family, thank you for leading our kids. This this was a, a first uh, of the youth doing book clubs. And so at nine o'clock, this place was hopping. It was great. All these kids here learning about uh, what is the gospel and um, having great discussion. And so it's it's neat to see um, you guys pour into the next generation. So it's really great. Really great. If you're new with us this morning, looking around, um, my name is Mike Newman and um, excited to serve you God's word this morning. Last week, if you were here, uh, you heard from my dad. You heard, how was that? Yes. Big news was here. It's great. I'm, I'm so glad. What a, what a joy and privilege to be able to uh, call upon my dad and to say, would you feed the sheep this morning? So I'm, I'm so glad that he was here with us. Um, that's great. Well, this morning, once again, we get to come together. We get to come to the scriptures and we get to see how God uh, graciously invites us into relationship with him. And um, that that's on our minds and our hearts. And we've just sung about it, that he's our treasure, our reward. And so now we, we get to come and we get to learn, um, Lord, how will you, um, how, what would you have me do this week? How would you have me grow? Lord, what does it look like to walk with you? Um, I, love, I love the image of walking with God in Scripture. Um, walking means to be habitually like addicted to fellowship with God. Just like oftentimes we're addicted to entertainment or addicted to our phones, that to walk with Him is to continually come back to Him, like desire, be zealous, want more of Him. And so when we, when we come uh, this morning, we want to know how to walk with Him and to be habitually addicted to be in fellowship with Him. And I'm grateful that, uh, that God hasn't left that process um, to ambiguity. Not just supposed to like figure out what that means. It's not some like mystical thing out there in the clouds that we have to figure out um, in some random way that God has given us pathways, structures even, to walk with him so that we grow closer to him. Or you could say that he's given us um, rhythms of, of grace um, necessary for life, for godliness, for marriage, for parenting, for work, that he, that he has given us things to, to um, help us know how to walk with him um, Monday through Saturday, on Sundays, in our jobs, when we're on vacations, throughout the year. He's not ambiguous. And so hopefully, anticipation is building, right? You're like, yes, yes, I want to walk with him. I wonder what Pastor Mike is thinking. Like, what is going on in his head? Because I've kind of been around church for a while, and when pastor dudes start talking about rhythms... What they really mean, like their code language is, oh no, he's going to lay one more thing on top of us for something to do. No, I'm already so tired and I just came off like the school year and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm ready like for something. I don't need like a heavy burden placed on me this morning. No, what could he possibly 
be referring to? And you start like getting even more tired and anxious and worn out anticipating what might the scriptures bring today? Will it bring refreshment or will it bring discouragement and a heavy burden? So do you want to know what we're talking about today? You want to know? Or should we just close this thing up and pray and call it? Let's, I mean, we got a big softball game coming up here. You know, we could just warm up and stretch. I think God's brought us here for a purpose this morning. The, uh, the summary of today's sermon is in a word, and it's the title of the sermon. We're talking about rest today. And today, I pray uh, that this message would be a great gift to you. And that it would set you free from these um, ungodly guilt feelings that you might have. That it would set you free from uh, the American dream of always striving, always um, goal setting, always um, feeling like you need to do more. Set you free from the screen that you're in front of and set you free and allow you to encounter the living God, as you rest from work. As you rest. A few years ago, I did um, a study on Sabbath. And what, what really motivated that study for me was that I needed it. I needed rest. I needed to, to not have my hands always on the plow. And since it is the, the first weekend of June, and in everyone's mind, kind of June is, is the beginning of summer, um, we've, we've just structured the sermons in such a way, whereas next week we'll start the Psalms. But one, this is a standalone that encourages and, and builds up the church in one of these areas of life that God has gifted to us called rest. And um, on Tuesday, the Newmans are, are taking a short rest, a sabbatical. And you guys, uh, if, if you haven't heard yet, this is, um, this is a wonderful gift from you guys um, that the pastor and his family, we're going to take six weeks of extended rest. Nothing's wrong. Um, we're not going to come back and do any big announcements I shared earlier in the member meeting on, in February. I'm not going to come back and like bring two stone tablets from like the top of Sinai with some grandiose vision for our church. We are going to get away and we are going to, we're going to rest and we're going to enjoy the Lord and each other. Um, while we're away, we're going to, uh, we're going to go to Montana for a little bit. We're going to be in town for a little bit. We're going to visit other churches. And we're gonna we're we're gonna have a great time, and it's gonna be awesome. Um, I'm especially grateful. There's um, there's a number of of, of uh, men in our church that are gonna preach the next seven weeks. We're gonna go through the Psalms of Ascent. I've shared with other pastors. And they said, "What are you what are you gonna do when you're gone? Who's preaching?" I said, seven guys, all from your church." Yep. So it's, this is, uh, we are a small church, but God has gifted us with a number of gifted 
teachers, preachers, leaders, and I'm excited to know that the good shepherd will still feed his sheep, um, but there are a number of guys who have laid down their life, have studied hard, and they've prepared a meal for you uh, for the next seven weeks, and um, and it'll be awesome. Um, on, a, on a just a, a shepherding note, um, if you need anything, if you need anything, um, Peter and Paul, their wives, uh, Zane as our deacon, please call them, um, use them, lean on them, and um, and um, we will be dearly praying for you, and we'll miss you. And so this this in preparation for this Sunday, we chose rest also for me that I would be reminded of God's great gift of rest and how to do it well. And so this is as much for me as it is for our church this morning. Um, I'm still working on it. So um, so there's three points today. Um, the first one is rest as a biblical pattern. The second one is rest as an expression of faith. And number three is rest as an expression of freedom from work. So three points that will guide our time. Let's go ahead and pray one more time, and then we'll get into it together, okay? So, Father, we thank you that you love your children, that you are not a slave driver, but you enable us to work hard, and then you grant us the great gift and freedom to rest hard. And I pray that our church would delight in you alone and do a great job of resting this summer. New seasons bring in new stresses. Moms, I'm sure, are coordinating with a number of playdates and um, camps and uh, various things like that. And I pray, Lord, that you would restore your people, that you would bring great rest, and uh, that we would, uh, our hearts really would inflame with, with you as their treasure alone. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go to point number one, rest as a biblical pattern. Meet me in Genesis 2, chapter 1. Uh, forgive me, verse 1. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Let me read it for us. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested. <laughs> on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Look at that repetition. In verse 3, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. All right, so let's pause there. So right from the get-go, we see that God loves to work. Therefore, we are working people. Um, I know Monday morning comes rolling along, and a lot of us roll out of bed and go, oh, it's Monday, oh no, right? But if I were to ask you, were you made for work, or were you made for rest, really the answer would be that we are made for work. Like God loves work. Work was pre-fall. Work is not a result of sin. God loves it when we work hard. But today, we're studying rest. In God, we see in the order of creation, he rested. So I'm highlighting the fact that on the seventh day, our God rested. The pattern of work is set, and now the pattern of rest is set. God rested, therefore we 
rest, okay? Theologians call this the plenary reading of Scripture, plain. We don't have to like think too hard or look up in all these like random Hebrew commentaries. I wonder what it means. Like rest means rest, <laughs> right? Like the Bible isn't trying to trick you or do like a one over on you. Like God wants us to rest. Uh, let me say two things um, about verse three. It says that God rested on the seventh. So let me just say and back up a sec. In creation, we see that God blessed the living creatures. He blessed humans. He said, be fruitful and increase in number. And then we see something really strange here happen in that God takes this day, he sets it aside, and he blesses the day. He says, I don't want you to work on this day. I'm blessing it. And so, friends, no matter how much we love our jobs, um, eventually they'll drain us. We'll, be, we'll become tired because of the work God has made us this way. And he has this rhythm, this, this structure placed for us called rest. So work will wear you out, but God desires to breathe life back into you through the vehicle of rest. He really likes it when his people take a day off. Example. So um, many of you uh, know this and love this about your pastor, but I am a Mac guy. Isn't that great? I know, I know. Now some of you PC guys, you'll grow in Christ. You'll grow in Christ, okay? But I'm a Mac guy. And uh, some of the media folks know in the back that I am not super savvy with tech stuff. Anyone out there? Amen? Okay. So um, if you were to like look at my computer, if there was a function, I don't even know if there is, to say, when was the last time that Mike actually turned off his computer? It would probably say something like December. All I do is just shut it every time. I never turn off my computer. When was the last time I turned off my phone? I never turn off my phone. I don't do it. I don't. And it's like, why? Well, well, partially because I'm a Mac guy and I think they're a supreme machine. You don't need to turn off them. They just last forever and ever and ever. They never like wear out. They never get slow. They're just incredible systems of operation, right? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm joking, but oftentimes that is how I think about myself. You know, like Max, yeah, they're going to just run forever. They're awesome. I don't need to turn it down. I don't need to shut it down because it's like superhuman or something. And I think as, as the Lord has deepened me, humbled me, um, I've learned that, guess what? I am human. Humans need to shut it down. They shouldn't always be working. They, it's actually healthy for them. Anytime, anytime that I, I, I had a problem with my iPad this week, what did I do? I turned it off. Five seconds later, I turned it back on, problem fixed. Unbelievable. Just shutting it down for a little bit fixes so much stuff. 
And that's, that's what God essentially wants us to know. You're not a machine. You're a human being. You're not a human doing. You're not just supposed to do, 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 do. You need to cease from work. You and I. It's hard to acknowledge our humanity, isn't it? That we need rest. Uh, I would say that's been a big lesson for me this year. I'm acknowledging even to some of you, I can't make it to this meeting. I can't do this. I can't. I am a human. I don't have all the giftings. Only Jesus did. And I think he meant it to be that way. Um, it's, it's, it's been hard for me to acknowledge my humanity at times that I can't fulfill everyone's expectations, but especially my own. I can't do it. I need rest. It's interesting how that works. And it's interesting how the better you rest, watch this, the better you work. You're more effective. You're more efficient. Um, you're, you have more energy if you rest. So rest fuels work. Look at that verse again. Verse 3 it says that God made it holy. So how do you think of holiness? Just not breaking the rules, right? But God actually set apart a day, and he made it holy, a holy time. So the creator of the universe invites us into this rhythm to know him and rest. Now, the, all, the theologians in the room are like going, I wonder what, it, like, what is this church becoming? Is it like Sabbatarian or something, right? And like, I just want to speak to to maybe uh, an, an anticipated um, argument as why would we, why would humanity be so resistant to this idea of resting? Why would we be so against the idea of the biblical pattern of work six days and lay it down on the seventh? Here's a number of things that, that I can anticipate, okay? Maybe the argument could be in the head, like, well, I'm not a Sabbatarian, which believes that you should like totally eliminate and be legalistic about um, the Sabbath and not do anything and things like that. Um, so I, I, I believe with you that Jesus fulfilled the law um, and all those laws in the Old Testament um, that, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus, right? Um, so I don't believe that if you take more than like 10 or 15 steps, you're sinning. Um, but honestly, I don't really think that's where anyone's at in this room. I don't think we're really wrestling with that as a church. I, I think that, that we are at a place where we understand the connections of the Old Testament to the New Testament and in Jesus Christ. I just don't think we're wrestling with those laws of, of the Sabbath. More so, I would say, collectively, that we, that we have two attitudes that are, that are um, averse to the idea of resting. And these come from my own dark and wicked heart as well. The first one would be this attitude. If I rest, 
then I won't get all my stuff done. <laughs> That's simple. And, and if you would maybe even peel back that layer, it, it would say that my identity is in, is in productivity, thus not content in the Lord. And that would be a heart of pride, a heart attitude of pride. So I don't want to rest because my stuff needs to get done and my stuff's pretty important. The second one would, um, would be fear of being still with your thoughts. So we keep ourselves busy because we're scared to death of facing what's going on on the inside. What if I get bored? Or what if I actually have to face my thoughts? And so I will, I'll keep, I'll keep going. So we're, we're entering into this study of rest this Sunday. That's point number one. This is rest as a biblical pattern. And some of our aversions to it. Why are we so resistant to this idea? So we're starting to wade in the water. I think number two and number three will start to color and, and help us with our understanding. So let's go to number two. Rest as an expression of faith. Okay, so we were in Genesis. Let's go to Exodus. And we got to go to Exodus 20, okay? This is where we have the Ten Commandments. And one of them says, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy, okay? So look at verse number 8, and we'll read through 11 together. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. Immediately, we start thinking, oh, that has nothing to do with me. And that's kind of a Western way to respond. I mean, we got some farmers in here with some animals, but like this is actually really helpful for folks who are live with animals and do this kind of stuff. We don't have to like allegorize scripture all the time, right? Um, look at verse seven though. Here's the reason why we're using this text this morning. This is the big reason why we are to rest according to Exodus 20. Ready? Verse 11. For in six days, the, earth, uh, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is within, uh, that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Why should we rest? According to Exodus 20, it's rooted in the fact that God is the creator. He created. He's the one, the dominating character that we love, that we worship, that he is in control. So when we rest, we're acknowledging he creates, he's got this, and we don't. We're saying that we're not in control. Maybe to state it conversely, when we work and work and work and work and work, what we're doing is we're saying that all of life depends upon me and not the Lord. Um, I've shared this story before. It is worth sharing many times. So when Hannah and I, when we lived in uh, Tanzania prior to having children, uh, we planted a church in Narumo, Tanzania, which is on the mountain of Kilimanjaro. Beautiful area. 
uh, where we met was a converted bar with banana trees and their big leaves coming all you know over. And I remember one Sunday showing up and all the men were gone in the church. Um, and it was like, is it like, what, what's going on? This is some cultural thing that I don't know about. Yes, it was an agricultural thing that I didn't know about. I, just, I grew up in a locker room, not the farm, okay? And so um, uh, my other elder, who was named Mze Kiondo, Mze means older, respected one. I said, Mze, where are all the men? And he said, oh, Madudu Yanakuja. That means the bugs are coming. The bugs are coming? <laughs> what? Right? I didn't have a framework for that. He said, yeah, they, they, they come um, usually this weekend. And so all the men are spraying their crops so that the bugs don't eat them. And the only, the only way to be like saved from the bugs is to spray or if it rains. Um, and I said, well, Mze, that's like your, how you live. I mean, what are you going to eat for the next six, nine months? Shouldn't you be spraying instead of coming to church? Like, it's just an hour and a half or so, right? And he said, today we worship the Lord. I won't starve. God will take care of me. I set him first. Okay. And so as I was preaching, we start hearing the rain coming. And I look up at Mze, I smile, and he smiles. And we both know exactly what happened, is that God honored his faith. He said, God will take care of me. I'm going to worship him. And all of the other guys that were spraying their bugs lost hundreds of dollars on their crops. Muse honored the Lord that day, and he found rest in him, in him alone. He's passed now. He's a dear friend. I saw his grave, and he's left a great legacy, and his ministry continues because he trusted the Lord that day. Look at Matthew 5, 26 with me. I'll read it for you. You don't have to go there. It says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So in summary, my fellow elder that day, Mze, said, God's got this. He's in control. I'm going to do the right thing. So brothers and sisters, be still and know that he is God. One theologian says this, only when we stop moving and stop striving can we recognize the truth about God. He is in control. Isn't that good? Amen? So we are to rest as an expression of faith that he is the creator and that he has it in control. Can you identify any areas of resistance even in your own heart? Like, no, I can't rest, Lord. Okay, I'm going to hand it over. I need to surrender that. Surrender that. Would you help me in that process? Here's number three. Rest as an expression of freedom from work. Okay, so so far we've seen that rest or Sabbathing is important to God. He really likes it. 
He wants you to lay it down and he wants you to trust him. He really seems to care about your work and your rest. So before God's people uh, came into the promised land, after their time of slavery in Egypt, Moses, he wrote to a new generation and he gave them almost the exact same words as in Exodus 20. Okay, it's almost the same. It's slightly different. Now we're in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Okay, I want you to see it with your eyes. If you don't have your Bibles, you can look up here. But we're starting in verse 12. Watch this. This is Moses to God's people. He says, observe the Sabbath day. Same stuff. Same, okay. To keep it holy. That's the same. As the Lord your God commanded you. Verse 13, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. It continues to go on. Talks about like all this donkey stuff, okay? And then watch in verse 15, okay? Little different than Exodus 20. Why the change? It says, instead of... Rest because I'm a creator, it says. Rest because, verse 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, uh, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Isn't that interesting? Same commandment, keep the Sabbath. The first one, Exodus 20, was, hey, keep the Sabbath. God's the creator. He's in control. The next one, keep the Sabbath. Why? Because you're not a slave anymore. Work is a slave, but that's not your identity. You don't have to be under any sort of yoke like that. You can be free. I want you to rest. So at Sinai, they're saying yes to God because he's creator. You're in control. And, at, and, and in Deuteronomy, he's saying Sabbath to say no to the world. No, I won't be a slave to work. I will rest. The Egyptian culture, its leadership, they all valued the pursuit of things. Stuff. They loved gold. They acquired. It was like an endless pursuit of wealth. That's what they did. They just wanted to achieve things, achieve a name for themselves, to achieve in great measure. How were they going to do that? How did the Egyptians do that? Slaves. The slaves don't get a day off. Slaves are not free. Just listen to Pharaoh's voice, and I'll read it with what I think would be the tone of Pharaoh, okay? Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from work? Get back to your burdens. I think that's his tone. I'm not yelling at you, I promise. I just want you to hear it, okay? And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now too many, and you make rest for them from their burdens. Let heavier work be laid on the men, that they may labor at it. Complete your work, your daily task each day. As when there were with straw. This is Pharaoh again. You are idle. 
You are idle. And that is why you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Now get back to work. So thankful that that is not our Lord. That God reminds his people through Moses to rest as a warning to say, you're, you're not a slave to work. I want you to rest. But it's hard, isn't it? We don't like to sit. <laughs> we don't like it. We're trained. We're trained to work and not to rest. And I'm saying we. That's like first person plural. I'm included in that. Guess what? This has come out of my mouth. I'm not proud of this. I have said, I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead. I said that in my 20s and 30s. It's probably why I have a little bit more gray hair than most 41-year-olds, you know? <laughs> it's not good. I've repented of that. So, so far, perhaps, uh, hopefully, prayerfully, you've bought in to this idea of rest. Maybe you came here and said, yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. But now you're like, oh, like God really values this. Okay, I'm in. I, I, like, I think it's important too now, Newman. Like, I want to follow the Lord. I don't want to be a workaholic. I, I, want, to, I want to be a good rester. <laughs> I want to be a good Sabbather. Uh, 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 what's the difference between rest and work then? Like, if I'm a landscaper, am I allowed to landscape on my day off? Is that working? What if I enjoy it? Like, what is work and what is rest? If I like mowing my lawn, am I working? Am I resting? Right? Helpful questions? So about 2,000 years ago, there was this guy. His name was Jesus. And he was trying to answer, and successfully, not trying, he answered some of these questions that he was being accused of. Some of his disciples were walking through the field and they were, they were picking the heads of grain. And they were rubbing it together, and they were being accused of working. So they had to rub it together in order to get to the good stuff, and then they'd pop it in their mouth. They were working because they were snacking. What is rest? What is work? Surely snacking is work, and you can't snack. And Jesus said, I made this day. What are you guys talking about? I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Let me read it for you. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You're not a slave to this, these, these laws, these regulations. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So his answer, hey, a day off is my gift to you. Don't be knickknacking me, right? Enjoy me. Enjoy what I've made. Like his, his, This is his posture. Meet with me. Come. I want you. I want fellowship. I want you to walk with me. It's really easy to write off this idea of rest as unrealistic. Um, maybe some of us have in our mind like, what do you imagine rest to be, Mike? What do, you, what do you imagine God has for us? Just to sit on a lawn chair all day with like an umbrella in my drink? 
Do you know I have a two-year-old who is currently running around with scissors in his hand? <laughs> like, do you, are, are you that aloof to life that you just... Uh, it, it... So here's a few things to help us walk with God and pursue rest, to have reasonable um, and um, a common understanding of what rest means. And uh, I know it might be a little cheesy, but I'm a preacher and preachers love acronyms. And so here is rest in an acronym. Are you ready? R, rest. <laughs> I know, I'm edumacated. Uh-huh. Uh, listen to Augustine of Hippo. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So we who believe in the cross of Christ, we have our ultimate rest in him. When Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, he proclaimed in a loud voice, it is finished. The work is done. Like the main work, the heaviest lifting, like the, the, the work of saving you from hell, from your sins, that work has been done and Christ accomplished it on the cross. And we can rest in that the main work has been done. We can enjoy life knowing that great truth. We can rest in that truth. And we can set aside a day to celebrate and cherish the gospel truth that we've been set free and we know him now. We've been forgiven from our sins. Why can we do that? Because he deserves it. So rest, it can't be found in a cool trip to Montana. You can't go to Hawaii to find rest some glorious vacation that will somehow grant you this like nirvana state of um, now I'm restful. Um. Vacations are great. Don't get me wrong. But I think each of you have experienced a day off or a vacation when you've been at war in your mind and heart with God. Are those times restful? Nope. When you've been at war with your spouse, how'd you sleep that night? How was your day off? With Nope. So you can, you can find rest in the Lord in being in fellowship and unity with Him and others. So it doesn't matter where you are. But just to be helpful and clear, if you're looking for what exactly is the distinction between rest and work? Here's two questions that have helped me in my journey of how to rest well. Um, is it life-giving? Is it worshipful? Then go for it. Is it life-giving? Is it worshipful? If the answer is yes, isn't that great freedom? I remember talking about uh, Sabbath rest with a friend and asking him, hey, how do you as a family rest? You got a wife, you got three little kids. How do you guys do it? And he just smiles and says, oh, we love to rest. We love our Sabbath. Man, after church, we get a good meal and we shut it down. 
We turn off our phones. We turn off the screens. We play board games. We just, we enjoy what God has created. We like do the charcuterie board things and we just eat and enjoy each other. And we go on long walks. Oh, it's wonderful. We love to rest. Now that might look different for certain families, right? But those are life-giving, worshipful things. They come to the Lord. They fellowship with the saints. They spend the rest of the day talking of Him. I'm sure there's spankings in there. I'm sure there's dirty diapers in there. This is not some like glorious, like, you know, unrealistic thing. But they're doing their best. They're working at resting. So I don't think we need to overthink this too much. Sometimes we just need a good old-fashioned nap. Amen? And we don't need to feel guilty about it either. We don't. Our family, I know, uh, Sunday afternoon, after I take a nap, we love to go on walks. When the weather is nice, it is very life-giving for us. We get out of the house. We stop thinking about all the projects that we need to do. And we just enjoy each other. We talk about we talk about you guys. We talk about how the Lord encouraged us. Did you see Tim this morning? Wasn't he such an encouragement to you? Oh, hey, when, when this was happening at prayer, wasn't that exciting? Oh, man. Hey, what was your favorite song, kids? Man, wasn't that sweet? I needed to hear that. That is life-giving. That's restful. I've been helped um, in my Sabbathing um, by this quote. Um, and it goes like this. If you work six days out of the week with your mind, rest with your hands. Right? Like if, you, if you're like Excel sheet, spreadsheet person, and you're like computer, you know, all day, every day at your work, it would probably be good for you to be to Sabbath away from your work away from your laptop, right? If you are a guy, gal that like works with your hands six days a week, it might be nice to rest with your mind. Like make yourself a cup of coffee and read a good book. Um, engage, engage in that kind of rest. Um, that's, that has really helped me. That seemed to be a good balance. That's R. Here we go. E, E. Uh, one common uh, E is for encounter. One writer comments, uh, we need more than a 24-hour break from work. We need an encounter with Jesus. And some of you have been listening so far and you've said, yes, I've taken a week, uh, a, a day off every week for the last 20 years. But you've never experienced inner rest and inner peace that comes from knowing Christ and walking with him. And you can, you can experience great and deep peace from walking with God. And it must include an encounter, not just taking 24 hours off. You're going to meet and seek God. But again, how do you do that? I'm thankful that God hasn't left us in like this state of ambiguity, right? The very... Lifeblood. If you're asking what gives me life, what is worshipful, God would say, church. Like the very lifeblood to walk with him 
comes when we hear God's word preached, when we sing to one another and to the Lord, when we serve one another, when we like practice like the ecclesia, the church things, when we take the Lord's Supper, when we eat of him and drink of him. Every time I come to church, I am restored. I am refreshed. I want to be realistic. I know that sometimes, like I'm young moms, it's tough sometimes to come to church, isn't it? It's like, oh my word, how are we going to do this? All right, I don't. You know what? I'm sorry, like children's workers, my kids don't even have shoes on. You know, they're like, we just made it here. Okay, come on in. You know, right? It like church doesn't always feel restful, but when I come away, when you come away, you you know that you've experienced the Lord. You've heard you've heard Him from His Word. You've given praise back to Him. You've taken the Lord's Supper. It brings rest. Sometimes it's easy to go like, maybe I should just buy a boat and like get out on the water all weekend, every weekend. Uh, and I've had friends that do that and they shrivel up inside and die. It's not the path. So pursue God through the means he has laid out before us. S, strive to enter into that rest. So the writer of Hebrews, that's, a, that's Hebrews 4, strive to enter into rest. Isn't that interesting? You got to work hard in order to rest hard. And you have to work and plan in order to rest well. So um, we've grown in this area. Hannah and I have grown in this area as we are uh, parenting our kids and teaching them what it means to rest. We work our calendar. Like we're sharing a calendar. We're Google Calendar people. And we are constantly talking about what does our day of rest look like? Sometimes we overbook ourselves. Sometimes we nail it. And those are great days. But guess what? Don't be discouraged. The word Shabbat in Hebrew is a verb, which means you can grow in your Shabbatim. <laughs> you can grow in your Sabbathing. You can be like, hey, sweetheart. Hey, I'm sorry. Last week, we did not have a great restful day, did we? No, we didn't. How can we grow in that? How can we do a better job? That, isn't, that, isn't that great grace in the Christian life? We can grow in our Sabbathing. So today, hopefully, you don't leave here going, oh, we don't do this, or man, or, but like, hey, Let's, let's grow in the discipline, in the area of rest. Maybe if, if you love cooking on Saturday, you can like cook just twice as more. And on Sunday, you can do leftovers. Lay out the board games. Uh, communicate well. Hey, this is how I think we'll, we'll, we'll spend our day. Everyone good with that? Okay. Hey, don't make sure don't coordinate over here. No, don't, don't, let's not do a movie. Let's do that Monday night or whatever. Let's rest together like this. Okay, and it'll take work because not everyone Shabbat's the same, right? And if you have a family, that means there's three, four, five, six different opinions about it. And so, mommy and daddy, we've got to lead well. We've got to talk about it. You got to try and trust the Lord with it. And T, we'll close our time here. T is for thank God 
for a day of rest. Thank him. Lord, thank you that you have set a day aside where we can enjoy you. I don't have to I don't have to follow a Lord that is like an Egyptian slave driver. Get back to work. How can you be idle? Thank him that we can rest. Thank him that we don't have to work seven days a week. I don't have to feel this guilt upon my back. Thank him. We don't have to acquire more like the Egyptians. Thank him that we can be content in him alone. Let's thank the Lord together. Lord, we thank you for rest. We thank you that you are creator. You're holy. And you long for us to be content in you. To, to say with a full heart, you are my greatest reward, my highest treasure, my deepest longing. And Lord, when we're not there, when we're so tired, that we can come to you and say, Lord, I need refreshment. Would you help me get there? And he does. Lord, would you take broken hearts in here, weary hearts, tired hearts, and would you refresh them through your word and by your spirit? Would you grant them the great gift of a nap? Lord, would you fuel their conversations as they walk together, as they rise up and as they lie their heads down, Lord, would you be there all in all? We're trusting you as we lay it down, Lord, that you would fuel our hearts. So church, we're going to sing a song. Some of the first lines are, come to Jesus. And so as you, as you contemplate and respond to God's word this morning, we just pray that this would be a message and a Sunday that you would remember that God's posture towards you is one of inviting. He wants you to come to him, not just with your problems, not just with, but also with your whole life, your schedule, your day off to rest in him, to trust him, to acknowledge he's in control. Would you sing with us? Mm -hmm.